Welcome to the People of Packaging podcast, where we introduce people to the world of packaging and the people of packaging to the world. Here are your hosts, Adam Peek and Ted Tate. Hey, what an awesome opportunity I had to sit down and to talk with Irene and Audrey, who work with Mantle. Mantle is this great new product for men who are like me, who are balding or who are bald. Um, I've been able to now try out this here face and scalp cleanser. It smelled incredible. It felt awesome. So uh, you can see the website here behind me. Hit up Mantle, M-A-N-T-L-M-E-N.com. Um, I think if you sign up with your email address at the front, you get like 10% off or something. But hey, if you're balding or if you are already bald um, or if you know people who are, it makes a great gift. So check them out. And here's my interview with Irene and Audrey. Well, welcome to the People of Packaging podcast. I have um, Irene and Audrey, and I'm super excited uh, to talk about not only their personal journeys, but also how they have collaborated on this killer new product for people like myself uh, who are bald and we we want to engage in self-care and taking care of um, you know our our baldness because our baldness is beautiful. So uh, I'm gonna start first uh, with uh, we'll start with Irene. Um, just give us an introduction about, who you are. I know in, in our previous uh, conversation before we jumped on here, I know that you are one of five children and I have five children. So that's super groovy. So uh, tell us about who you are. And then um, Audrey, we'll uh, jump over to you. Yeah, well, thanks for having us. First of all, this is really exciting. Um, so I am the co-founder and chief product officer of Mantle. Um, which was just launched in February. And it is a champion brand for bald and balding men. It's taking a very different approach in the fact that we are empowering bald and bald men to um, accept who they are and love who they are, be comfortable in the skin that they're in um, with products for their face and scalp. Awesome. And and where are you... Uh... Where, where, where's the company based? Where do you live? Maybe some other based in um, Los Angeles, California. And, um, you know, we, we actually work remotely. So I'm in LA and then my co-founder P is actually in Orange County, which is about an hour uh, without traffic from each other. <laughs> but um, it actually lends itself well with what's everything that's going on right now to be working remotely from the very beginning. And what I didn't know, so I, I lived in uh, North County, San Diego for uh, for a hot minute, like three years. Um, mm -hmm. And what you don't realize, because I live in Salt Lake City now, if if you've never really been or spent much time in Orange County, and, and Audrey and I were talking about this too with the Bay Area, um, you kind of look at a map and you see Orange County and you see LA and you're like, oh, they're, they're basically the same area, but... My sister, one of them lives in uh, Manhattan Beach, and the other one lives in Newport Beach. And there are some days where you may as well fly to Vegas. Yep. It'll be faster. So yep. um, I found that out when I would – I'm a big Denver Nuggets basketball fan. Mm -hmm. And when they would play the Lakers or Clippers, it would almost – I would almost prefer to go see them play in Phoenix because the, I could just get on the highway and put on a good audio book. I didn't know – it was predictable. Versus trying to get from Carlsbad up to LA, it was 
Sometimes yeah. if it's a Friday night game, forget it. There's a joke here that you kind of don't leave your bubble based on where the highway is situated. Um, and it's, it's very true, but with, with the lockdown, um, I have been taking advantage of picking up food from places I normally wouldn't go to because the traffic is too bad. So yeah. I've, I've been taking advantage of the free highways recently <laughs> for sure. Nice. Nice. Uh, all right. So Audrey, uh, why don't you, uh, give us an introduction about who you are and what you do and how you're connected with, uh, with Mantle and, um, you know, where you're located and all that good stuff. Yeah, definitely. And um, thanks again for having us on. It's super cool to be able to do for this. For sure. Um, so I'm Audrey Elise. I'm a brand designer in the San Francisco Bay Area. I've been designing brands um, for about 10 years now. Um, completely self-taught, didn't go to school, just been doing it. Um, I was really young and always wanted to freelance and um, just kind of made it happen and built a career out of that. Um, and as I've kind of grown in work with different brands, I really fell in love with kind of the direct consumer brands and packaging and being able to make something that was very tactile and real and that people could actually hold. Um, so that's why it's been really cool to be the designer. Um, I've kind of been the sole designer of Mantle doing everything from kind of the brand and packaging to um, working with, you know, we've built a really great team of people, of copywriters and, um, you know, we have web developer and UI UX and um, working with all of these different people to kind of bring it to life. So how did that happen? So you just said, you said you're, and this is one of the most fascinating things about packaging from my perspective is there, there are a few people who are like, I wanted to be in this industry since the time I was a baby because my it's usually a familial connection, father, grandfather, whatever it is. So Audrey, how did you kind of get into packaging? And also you're saying you didn't, you, you just sort of built, you didn't even have a background in like brand designing. So, um, you know, was there, were you creative as a kid? Were you always drawing or designing? I mean, that that seems like a, a really interesting story. So what was that like for you then uh, getting into this and building a business out of it? It's not like you just did it because it was fun and you took some classes. You've, you've built a whole business out of this. So it seems like maybe you're you're understating a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, well, I was homeschooled, so I spent a lot of time on the Internet um, and I was part of design communities like back when you had Zanga and MySpace and Neopets, and that's kind of um, where it started. And when I was designing just as a hobby as a kid, I saw these freelancers like Ollie Moss. I mean, he was still, he was big back then. Um, and they just had portfolios and they were freelancers. And they basically were like, hey, I make cool stuff, give me money and I'll make cool stuff for you. And I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. I want to do that. So um, I always had in the back of my head that I wanted to do that. And freelancing just started with very small, small clients. Like um, my first shop was on Etsy and I just made banners and logos for like, you know, $80 for a logo is where it started. And yeah. just over the years building on that and um, there was no master plan. There was no like, uh, there wasn't anything that I was really following. I was just taking different opportunities as they came. And I was always willing to, push myself and do things that were uncomfortable. Um, so it was basically just doing that over the course of years that led to me eventually getting to work with bigger and cooler clients um, to the point where I'm able to you know, work on 
cool packaging and yeah. brands like this. That's awesome. Uh, my wife and I uh, have, we, we also, we homeschool, um, I, you know, right. It's, it's kind of off and on. Uh, we had four of our five kids we homeschooled this year. One of them, um, you know, she was really thriving in our local public school. So she went there, but <clears throat> we have this mantra in our house uh, with all of our kids, whenever they say we're bored, uh, I'm so bored. I'm so bored. And I've just started saying, I'm so grateful for that for you because boredom is what will spurn creativity. And it's just, it's incredible the amount of things my son taught himself to play the piano. Um, you know, they'll just start drawing or like writing poetry, just a creative um, output of, of kids when, when we don't structure everything for them and let them have that. Um, so that's cool, Audrey, that that's even part of your story, um, that you were able to spend time you know, not only learning the digital side of things and shout out to MySpace and everyone's good friend, Tom, <laughs> on MySpace. Sometimes I miss the simplicity of social media uh, and what it was back then, but um, that's super cool. So how, um, Irene, how did you, you, you have a really uh, interesting background with, um, you know, just here on, on the, the not MySpace uh, LinkedIn. <laughs> Um, so you've been at Dollar Shave Club, you've been at Honest Company, um, and some other, uh, this small company called Pepsi, Pepsi <laughs> Corporation. Um, so what was that like for you? How did you get into packaging and then making the leap from working, this, this is probably a much longer story, but you, you know, working in kind of these, well, not even kind of these big brands under packaging to then saying, you know who I really care about? are bald men. <laughs> yeah, it is, a, it is a long story, but I'll try to be concise. Um, it's so your time, so take as much time as you want. I, sophomore year of high school was the first time that I was introduced to chem, like a, an actual semester-long chemistry class. And my older brother, um, he's actually nine years older than me. So the gap between my older siblings and I are quite big. Um, and he was... I think he had already graduated um, or was just about to graduate from Stony Brook University with a computer engineering degree. And so at that point he realized, well, you love chemistry, you're great at math, why don't you look into chemical engineering? So he actually sat me down in front of a computer and had me Google it and look it up. Um, and then I realized, wow, like with this degree, I can make consumer product things like makeup and lotions and, and so, from sophomore year of high school, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Um, and so that's how I ended up at Pepsi Packaging. So I was there for about two, three years in their packaging R&D in their beverage division. Um, so that was really eye-opening and it really made me realize how much work uh, goes into just launching a package to make sure that it's compatible in any environment and with the product that you put inside and really piqued my interest. Mm -hmm. I did have a stint, stint in banking and that was like a huge mistake. I was desperately trying to get out of UBS and that was after B-School. I decided to try out banking, but um, Honest was the first company that actually gave me a chance saying that, okay, you you have this banking background, but you also have relevant consumer product background. Yeah. So I moved out from New York um, to California for the, the job at Honest. And it was also my first introduction to a startup. Um, so I did product development and packaging development there. Right. I was there for 
five years. And that's actually where I met my co-founder, Pete. So okay. Pete was heading up retail sales for the baby, honest baby side and the honest beauty side. Um, and we were, I think I was just about to leave where I had already, I was just about to leave and he was already on his way out where he had this idea. Um, and this idea came from the fact that he used to, and Pete's bald and he has been bald for um, ever since I met him actually. Um, and we used to have to go out to the food trucks to get lunch because there weren't a lot of restaurants out uh, near us by the office. Okay. And one day he was just, you know, standing outside and the California sun is just beating on his head. And he's like, oh, I really wish there was an elevated skincare brand for my face and my scalp that didn't make me smell like the beach. Um, yeah. I don't want to smell like the beach when I go into these retail sales meetings and I can't wear a hat. So that's how the idea came about. And he approached me about it didn't think I would be interested at all. Um, Cause again, it's a men's balding brand, but um, I immediately understood where he was coming from and what he was trying to do when he talked to me about this idea. Um, because my dad started balding when I was like six or seven. Mm -hmm. and when you're that young, um, you know, your dad and your parents, they're, they're your superheroes. And it was the first time I remember seeing my dad have any type of loss of confidence or not being sure of himself. Um, I remember the Rogaine's on the counter in the bathroom. I remember him starting to wear hats. So I saw firsthand that it can take an emotional toll on you. And it is a process to get to a point where you accept that this is a new and improved and better me. Um, and so from that moment, you know, that's when we partnered up and I, I joined Pete in, in building Mantle. That's awesome. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I, as, as a bald man, I mean, I started going bald at about, I mean, my, or my early twenties. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, it was funny, the impetus to actually shaving my head, uh, had, it was, it, I was a camp speaker, um, at like, uh, I think it was a middle school, uh, camp for a week. And the theme was superheroes, as you kind of mentioned superheroes. And so for a skit, um, I was I was kind of thinning up top a little bit, and I had just kind of always wanted to give it a shot. Mm -hmm. So for a skit, and I but I had hair. Yeah. I shaved everything off at this summer camp, <clears throat> and I and I played Doctor Xavier from X Men for this oh skit. I just I was just watching X Men the other day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And 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 I got done, and I want to say I was like. I don't know, twenty three years, twenty four years old. I don't remember how old I was. And, and I got done in my, it was in the summer. So my face was, was super tan and underneath was just white, pale white. And after about day two of that, and when everything sort of got the same sort of general color, um, I talked to my wife, I got married, I was 22 and, uh, talked to my wife and I was, she was like, I actually really like it. I like, and that was the confidence that I needed was really it, you know? was yeah. to have somebody around me who said, I, I like this. And um, I was telling you guys before uh, I started the interview during the quarantine, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to grow it out. And it was starting to get kind of long and super gray all around here. And just not, I mean, no hair was growing up top. And I hadn't really seen that. I knew it wasn't because you can kind of see it. But, and my, uh, my daughters were just like, when can you please cut your hair? Mostly because they'd never seen me with it before. It was totally new to them. So anyway, yeah. 
Um, um, Pete, um, he has a similar story where it was his wife that suggested, you know, you kind of would, would look like Andre Icy if you just shave your head off. But before that, he started uh, he started thinning in his 20s as well. He he graduated from West Point and then um, did two tours overseas. And he's a vet. Um, and, you know, he kind of was able to ignore it during that time because mm-hmm. he was wearing a helmet. Um, and then when he came back into civilian life, it was just like the point where he couldn't ignore it. And his wife, like yourself, was the one who gave him the confidence to shave it off. And he hasn't looked back since. Yeah. Oh, man, that's that's an awesome story. And, you know, what's funny is I called it my Andre Agassi moment. Because well, well, remember, he had his beautiful hair and then he started thinning and he was just like, forget it. And he just took it all off. That yep. was that, that's so funny. I need to. I'll, uh, we'll have to connect with Pete at some yeah, point. Sure, in time. Sure. Uh, I'm sure we can swap stories. So I want to talk about packaging after all. Um, so I got to do, finally, I had, I had, I ordered your product and I had it sitting here and then it was like everything we were going to try to connect up. Was it at Lux pack? I think not um, Lux pack. No, um, it was, um, Expo West. That's right. That's what it was. Yeah. Expo West. And then that got shut down and you guys launch a product and then there's a, the the whole world changes. It's the craziest event that's I, I've ever experienced. You know, I've been through 9-11. I've been yeah. through a lot of things. I don't re- ever remember anything like this. So um, so Mantle is launched in February and you come out with these products. Um, I've got my what did I I bought the face and scalp cleanser on the video here. Um, so super appreciative. Uh, but the packaging, I did not open it. I literally, I kept it for, I don't know how long I had it for, a couple of months. And then I was like, I, I want to get into this. So the unboxing video that you guys saw was not planned. Um, I literally did not look at it, uh, except I, I had uh, taken off the security tab at one point in time. But I was like, no, I want this to be real and authentic, not some sort of scripted, planned. Like, you guys didn't, I'm not like an influencer. So like, you didn't send it to me and say like, hey, can you give us a good review? That was a really, that was a... a I'll say honest. Uh, it was an honest thing. Um, so, so it was it was very well done. Um, and I and I said that in the in, in the in the unboxing video as well. Um, so, talk to me about first of all, how did Audrey? How did you connect with Irene? Um, was it had you guys worked together before? No, hadn't worked together. So what was that connection like, Audrey? How did you guys link up? So I was actually freelancing for an agency that originally started um, working on Mantle's packaging back when I lived in Denver. Um, And then um, stepped away from that agency, moved to the Bay Area, and it just so happened that they weren't able to um, continue and get Mantle to launch. So Pete found out that I was kind of... um, just freelancing on my own again and not with an agency. And so he reached out and asked if um, I would want to finish Mantle. And I was like, yes, of course. Okay, <laughs> we need to, I don't know if you guys are fans of Saved by the Bell, but I just need to hit a quick timeout. Do you guys remember? Remember Saved by the Bell when Zach Morris would always call timeout? Anyway, maybe it's <laughs> the, the, the 90s are coming back again. Um, so you lived in Denver. I did not know that. What I'm from Colorado. Um, oh, so. okay. Is that where you grew up? No, I actually, um, well, I was born in Dallas and then I moved to Denver when I was like, just right before high school. Um, And then I spent most of my 20s in Denver. So I say I'm from Denver. Yeah, I would say. Okay. Where'd you go to high school at? 
I went to high school at Faith Christian Academy. It was in um, Arvada. Yeah. Um, I think you guys would have, I, I grew up in Colorado Springs, so, um, but I went to, I went to Lewis Palmer High School. I had a ton of friends at Colorado Springs Christian, and I want to say that that was a rivalry, right? It was like CSCS and Faith Christian. I think you guys were all in the same yeah, thing. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> um, that's cool. And then, uh, and then you just stayed there um, in, in Denver. I, I, I live in Salt Lake City now. I, Colorado is definitely my home. Um, but I will say there is something really incredible if you're into skiing or snowboarding about being on the mountain and calling and saying, I'll be back for dinner. Just let me give one more run in and it's five o'clock because uh, you're, you know, 35, 40 minutes away instead of I-70 is a disaster. So um, oh, yeah. anyway, uh, that's cool. I did not I didn't know that. So um, as you can tell, we don't like pre-interview some of this. There's we're just we're live finding things out. Um, <laughs> So that's really that's really cool. Um, and then what prompted the move to the Bay Area? And then I want to dig in more to this to this packaging. Um, I met a boy and he he lived in the Bay Area um, and I can live anywhere and he's in tech. So that was that was an obvious choice. Got it. Well, I'm just saying Utah is the Silicon Slopes. We've got a lot of tech, a lot of tech going on here. If you ever if you guys ever uh, want to be convinced to come to Salt Lake City, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, it's really beautiful. OK, so. Uh, the the design, let's we'll we'll un time out now. We're gonna unsave by the bell this thing. So the packaging design, um, what what was that process like, um, Irene? I know that you had your your background. Obviously, there's probably a lot of attention paid to it. I know I've done work through contract manufacturers for the Honest Company, um, and so on the packaging manufacturing side of things. I know that it was a high priority. Um, and for some brands, it's not a high priority, but it certainly was. Is that, did you try to bring some of those principles from your time at Honest Company and Dollar Shave Club and sort of elevate those for the direct to consumer e commerce experience? Was that, what, what's that, what's that thought process like? Um, so for the, the physical packaging itself, definitely brought in experience from both. Honest and Dollar Shave Club. Um, but I think, you know, especially Honest being a baby brand, um, at least that was mostly what I worked on. Um, the aesthetic is very different, but mm -hmm. one thing that was a pain was always leaking in, in shipments. And, you know, it's, it's a little different because Honest had like a 70 ounce or, and still has a 70 ounce laundry detergent. Um, so they had much larger packages in addition to smaller packages. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I knew was, you know, there's there's nothing more frustrating for a customer than be, be excited about something arriving at your door only to open it up and realize that the product is all over the box. Um, yeah. So finding a package and doing the appropriate testing was extremely important to me. Um, and then for my time in Dollar Shave, learning about the male... Um, consumer and their behavior, especially as it pertains to packaging, it has to be easy. Um, I wanted it to be counterworthy, or else if it go goes into a drawer, it's, it's just it's going to be lost forever. Yeah. And so I wanted it to be beautiful enough to put on the counter so that the guys remember to use it every day and every night. Um, I like that that phrase "counterworthy" uh, is the first time I've heard that, and it is. I mean, you already know this, but oh my gosh, is that so true? I don't know how many things 
I have just sitting in a drawer right now. I could probably take the camera and go up there and I just cleaned it out because we're yeah. in quarantine. So I was like, I guess I'll clean this out. And it but, happened to me too. So I, I know for sure that it would happen to guys who don't like a ton of products. Um, so that was, those two things were extremely important. And, you know, later on at Honest, we were, we had the budget to actually work on um, custom packaging. And it was one of the funnest times of, of my time there at Honest was when we got to do a lot of custom packaging to make sure that it it didn't leak in, in transit and um, mm -hmm. on the way to customers. But, you know, as a startup, we just didn't have that type of budget. Although, um, funny enough, that cleanser is a custom bottle. Okay. Um, but it's through, and we can talk about that later, but it's through a um, connect connection I made at, um, at, at Pepsi uh, with okay. this company called Fusio, and they invested in us through a custom mold. Um, but you know, the, those, those were the most important aspects in terms of sourcing and looking at the physical packaging for launch. Okay. So, so you said that they invested in, like they invested into Mantle? With... Yeah. Invested in Mantle through, um, through investing a mold. So, a mold. Got it. So, so that was nice because again, we just couldn't afford to spend our cash on a, a, a custom mold. Um, yeah. And, you know, Brent was, he's also bald and he's like, this is a really interesting idea. How can I help? Um, and this is actually the first time I've worked with him in, in, on a project, although I've known him since my time at Pepsi. Okay. Um, so that was, that was a really exciting um, turn for the cleanser packaging because we had a really hard time finding a package that would work. Um, and so really glad that he came on board and, and was willing to work with us on that one. That's cool. Uh, so, so you guys uh, connect up, you and Audrey connect up and how long did it take you to arrive at the final, like how many iterations do you think you guys went through to arrive at sort of your final, it's may, and maybe you're not even at your final. I mean, yeah. to be fair, it's, it's a startup. So it's like, Hey, this is what's, what's the phrase? Um, perfection is the enemy of progress. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that, at some point in time, you just go, this is what we got. It's a stock yeah. bottle. It's a stock sprayer. And we're just going to roll with it um, for now until, you know, kind of the next thing. So, but what was that? I don't, I don't think people fully appreciate what goes into the packaging. I mean, certainly if you're in packaging development, you fully appreciate it. But most people don't understand it. They'll get this and they're like, okay, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. um, but they don't understand the back and forth that yourself has with a, a stock company or uh, I mean a uh, um, a rigid uh, primary packaging company and then the testing on the sprayer and the you know all the stuff that goes into it and then um, you know Audrey I'm guessing you don't you don't do you're, you're in creative design right you're not in like structural engineering is that correct yeah that's correct yeah so then you have to take all of that and then mesh it together with something that is aesthetically uh, you know desirable and on brand and stuff like that so um, you know, Irene, how how did you, did, did you initiate that with Audrey? I know that you guys said you worked together, so you reached out to her and you were like, "Hey, um, how how involved did you have Audrey in the development from a creative side?" Very involved. I think um, we are super lucky in the fact that I think Audrey and I have we're we're usually on the same page. Um, so from the very beginning, I wanted to the design to be pretty minimalistic. 
again, if it has, if it's counterworthy, it just can't look like it has a ton of things on it. I didn't want it to distract from the branding either. I think, you know, being a new brand, I thought being, um, having a brand and mantle recognizable and visible was really important. Um, but I think Audrey, you know, we, we really, Pete and I really let her do her thing. You know, we, we've seen what she was able to do the first few times we've worked with her through the initial agency and we're was super excited that, you know, she was interested in continuing to work with us after she left and was freelancing. Yeah. Um, and so we really said, here are, you know, the die lines for the physical packaging. Um, give us a few versions of what you think could work. And, and we build, went on and built upon it. Um, we really, I think in my opinion, gave her minimal direction and really wanted her to take the lead. And, you know, in my eyes, she is our creative director. I think she has, she knows exactly what our brand looks like, what our brand is about. And so we, we don't really give her that much direction. Um, mm. And she's a creative, you know, Pete and I are not. So we try to be very uh, mindful of that. Cool. So then Audrey, um, you, uh, one, of, one of my favorite terms is, uh, um, and, and may, maybe this will resonate with you if you went to, uh, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm actually a, a pastor by trade. Um, so I grew up, I went to college at Colorado State, but I was a, I was a Christian pastor for, uh, for a number of years. And there's a, there's a theological term called ex nihilo, which means out of nothing. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's one of my favorite things to kind of understand. So Audrey, you're given this blank canvas for Mantle uh, to, to sort of create out of, um, what what is that from i mean I, you've you've talked about like your homeschool background and how you just kind of got into it but how do you take and create something um with with you know kind of the freedom to to creatively do it i mean from selecting fonts to colors and what what that there's a lot of people who are like i wouldn't even know what to do with that <laughs> yeah um I think there was a lot of building blocks um, and in terms of strategy, in terms of positioning, in terms of what we wanted to communicate, um, Mantle has this whole hero sort of caregiver persona. So I think that um, led the design a lot. And Irene and Pete, um, especially Irene already had, um, you know, she they gave me so much insight on their own experience. Cause I remember you know, in the very beginning conversations talking about colors and talking about was already saturated um, in department stores, but you already saw that were so prevalent. Um, and I think, yeah, it's just a combination of those conversations and leaning on Pete and Irene's experience. And um, I think we had a really great, or we continue to have a really great just mutual trust of like, they know this space, they, Irene um, has just been amazing to work with in terms of knowing what already works and what doesn't work. Um, and then working on the strategy and kind of thinking about this brand personality and just translating that into design. Because I always, I've always kind of explained that I think that fonts have personalities. I think color combinations have personalities. Mm -hmm. And kind of taking all of these elements and like, you know, combining them and figuring out, um, iterating and figuring out what works on the actual forms. Um, mantle as a logo, you know, how can we, best represent that on this packaging. 
Um, so yeah, I know that's kind of like convoluted, but it's not at all. <laughs> like it... all of these little elements that come together, um, and eventually you land on something and you're like, yeah, this is it. Yeah. And then, uh, and then you go and then you, you know, you're, you'll, I'm sure at some point in time have to pivot and, and say, okay, well this, you know, this isn't landing as well as we thought, or, uh, you know, we, we need to reinvest more in this or whatever it might be, um, as, as you continue to get the word out there and, um, hopefully a, uh, a packaging podcast helps with that a little bit. I don't know. Um, that's, that's super, that's super neat. So then let's get all the way to the, the experience. So I get it. I'm a, I'm a bald guy and I get it in and you have, you have communicated, I think very well that I should care for myself and that you care about me. Is that what, like, is, is that Irene, what, what you were trying to, I'm guessing that's, that's what you're trying to communicate because to open it up and to see the quote on the inside of the lid, um, and then, and then a handwritten letter, um, was really cool. And, and you guys should definitely connect up if you haven't already with, um, Dr. Hurley from Clemson School of Packaging, because he talks about, um, he talks a lot about the progressive experience of direct to consumer and what, what journey are they going to go on when they first get their packaging? Apple was really the first to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, but anymore, I think that's becoming really important and especially now that we're our whole world has changed uh, yep. connecting the consumer there so um maybe walk me through that how how did how did you guys arrive at that because i think it was awesome i think it's very creative um you know did you have to talk to people or was it just sort of something that you came up with i i had a general idea of what i wanted the boxing experience to be like, given the fact that I've worked at D2C companies before with Honest and Dollar Shave. Um, but I also, um, again, knew what I didn't want to happen, which is leaking and, um, mm -hmm. I wanted, you know, and, and I'm a huge, you know, I just, I follow all these brands, all these startups. And it, the reason why is because I'm interested. So I'm always interested in looking at their unboxing experience and how they, resonate and how their brand connects with their customers. Um, but one thing that was really important to me is it's the idea of unboxing. Like when I think of that word, I think of like kids on Christmas morning, you know, and yeah. so even down to the type of um, corrugate box and shipper that we chose, I really wanted the tuck end or the trunk style box. So mm. that feel like you're like having this great unveiling moment versus just a typical RC box where you have to like take a knife or something to cut the tape down the middle um, of the box. So that and the stuff I knew right away that that's the type of shipper I wanted. And then the next piece was um, that security tape. You know, a lot of brands have tape that that's just like a, a regular security tape and, and it's not branded. Um, and I just felt like it was such a great moment to be able to uh, use our brand on, on this tape somehow. So mm -hmm. we're going to have a mantle at the top of the box and our mantle word mark is very much, uh, usually sits with our half dome yellow logo, which is the pop of color. Um, yeah. So I worked with our printer to find, you know, a, a, um, a high tack tape that would be able to seal the box, but also be, be able to present this branding moment. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just on the outside. On the inside, um, 
I think there's something to be said about when you open a box and it's designed inside, right? I think yeah. not just having a craft color um, and the product strewn about was very important to me. Um, and, you know, we also wanted to make it look masculine. So, you know, Audrey was the one who really pushed the idea of like, let's not go crazy with the yellow and and have it everywhere. So I think at first we were considering maybe having yellow on the inside and making it very celebratory. Um, but I, I love the kind of the gray that we went with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of the content inside, again, I just really didn't want the products to be strewn about in the box. So that's where the bag idea came in. Yeah. I also played around with the idea of a reusable bag, whether like if you get Harry's, for example, there is this almost like a Ziploc-y bag with a zipper on top or a plastic zipper. Um, but what I find is I usually just end up throwing those away. I don't usually end up reusing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're not that recyclable either. Um, so people think they are sustainable and they are if you re- reuse it. Um, so I just decided to go for a paper bag um, with our kind of ethos on it. Um, and then the handwritten note to me is something that I like receiving when I buy things, but I also, it's just uh, our gratitude. I mean, as a startup and just for, you know, your first however many many customers to have that faith in you and want to be a part of the brand, um, it was just our way to say thank you. And I definitely had major like hand cramps just writing out all this. It was totally worth it. And we've gotten a lot of notes about it. People really appreciated the handwritten note and we wanted it to be personable. Um, and we, we wanted to make sure people got the idea that we're not only selling products here, we're here to create a community and mm-hmm. I can't emphasize enough how important that is to the brand. There was no talking about mantle in, um, you know, every day up to us launching and building this brand without talking about building a community. Um, so what you said about, you know, being really thoughtful and making our customers feel like we really want to for them to understand that we understand what they've been through the journey and what it's and what it's like. So you hit the nail um, right on the head. We, we wanted to create that curated experience and um, have customers understand that we get it and, and we're here for you and we're on this journey with you. That's cool. Yeah. And the other thing, and you didn't mention this and I was curious if you thought through this, but the, the paper bag to me also uh, reminded me of, um, in industry like industrious like a like a sack lunch almost mm-hmm. um because that was the first thing i thought was this is curated to uh to a guy like myself um it's very well done and then when i got to that bag i was like you could have got you could have done a, a hundred different things with that um but the paper bag to me is like it it reminds me of packing up my lunch and you know, like when I would do, uh, I did like demolition for construction for a summer and, you know, just very blue collar um, types of job. That That's what it reminded me of. Um, so I don't, I don't know if that was planned or not, but it, yeah. that that's how it hit me. That wasn't planned, but I, I love the comparison. Um, one thing that we did compare it to is, you know, you're you kind of still have something that you're almost like walked out of store with. Um, and so even though this is a D to C, you bought it online, like when you get to open that bag, it's like, oh, you went to the store and like you, you purchased something and it's put in this bag that you walk out the store with. So that's where more so we thought about, um, yeah. the paper bag, but, um, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. It's like kind of like a bagged lunch. It's kind of cool. Yeah. 
Well, let's. Uh, I've got. Uh, we we don't have a, a ton of time left, and um, uh, you know, I just I I'm I'm always fascinated by the fact that people would still be listening to us have this conversation. <laughs> but I think it's awesome. So, uh, Audrey, why don't we? Uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Let's. Um, I'll wrap it up, and then I'll go to you, Irene. Um, what is so? There are there. Are, I get asked all the time. Um, for people who design packaging, because there are a lot of, you know, graphic designers for online digital stuff, because that's kind of the way the world went. Um, but I think more and more people are coming back to aesthetic design with with packaging. Um, so I would love to, you know, use this platform to elevate what you're doing. Um, obviously, you have, uh, you have an incredible testimony here from the team at Mantle. But what are what are some of the better ways for people to engage with you? Um, is it through excuse me, through your website, through LinkedIn, email? Um, what's the best way for somebody to say I I love what Audrey is doing with Mantle and I want to get in touch with her? Yeah, thanks so much. Um, well, my website's audrey.is, um, and a lot of people also reach out via Instagram, and that's underscore Audrey at least underscore audrey elise yes okay sweet um have you have you played around at all this is a totally random question but um i feel like pinterest is a place where packaging designers are gonna and me i'm not really on there at all but audrey have you played around with pinterest at all in terms of a place to highlight design and things like that or mostly just instagram yeah, I'm on Pinterest too. Um, I think it's a great place to gain inspiration and also just see kind of what the creative community is up to. Um, yeah, I use it all the time. What is, uh, uh, sorry, I, I, I know I didn't, I know I said I was going to ask you that one last question, but I'll, maybe I'll end it with this because uh, you, you brought up the word inspiration. Where do you, where, where do you go for, like, do you, do you retreat to music? Do you go to nature? Do you, watch movies you know one designer told me that he loves automobile design to incorporate into packaging where where's a place that you tend to go for inspiration that's a great question i feel like it changes all the time that's Um, allowable (laughs) i think i always look for inspiration in industries that i'm not currently working in so i try to avoid looking um you know if I'm, i'm working in skincare you know i might look into what is uh, what's craft beer doing? What what are liquor bottles doing, or something like that? Um, so I think yeah, I always just look to see, look to pull in stuff from that. If that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. I've got uh, a few friends who are professional uh, hip hop artists, and they talk about how they don't listen to hip hop music. Uh, they listen to a lot of like jazz music and blues music and. Uh, stuff like that to to get um, just to get inspiration because they said if if all I do is just listen to other people then I end up sounding like them so that makes perfect sense to me um, so Irene um, how do how do people engage with Mantle um, you know uh, obviously there's websites and uh, you know order it order it for yourself if you look like me um, or if you know people and chances are you probably do it, it would be probably a great gift so what are some ways that people can interact not just with you personally but also with your brand yeah um so we are on um 
Instagram, Mantleman, M-A-N-T-L-M-E-N. Um, but no, that's also our website, mantlemen.com. You can actually um, sign up for our newsletter. Um, and with the newsletter, we also highlight our blog, which is called Workball Journey. So it gives you tips and tricks on, mm. you know, if you're just starting to deal with the fact that you're balding or during quarantine, you've decided you shave your head. How do you do it since, you know, you can't go to the barber right now? So different tips and tricks to get you through it. We just um, put up an article about like, what does your partner really think about your your bald head or the fact that you're balding? And, you know, our earlier conversation is is rings really true to that article. Like your wife was the one who told you, I, I love this look on you. He's right. like the one who gave him the confidence as well. Um, and then another place you can find us and where our, a lot of our community is based is we have a private Facebook group where men can ask questions and um, really kind of have a support system they need to get through whichever stage of the ball journey they're at. Again, men, mantle men on Facebook. Okay. Request to join. Um, and, you know, also any type of questions we welcome, whether it's about your journey, whether it's about our products, you can email us at hello at mantlemen.com. Awesome. I'm going to go on uh, mantlemen.com. I'm going to go uh, request to be added to the uh, the Facebook group. Me and me and the Facebooks, we don't we don't get along uh, super well all the time, but uh, I will I will certainly do that. Uh, it's funny. It's so true. I've I've tried and I've you know I've been shaving my head now for 17, 16 years maybe something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and I, and I've, it's, it's just as a part of my normal, uh, life now. But when I was trying to figure it out, I remember once I got a razor and, uh, I, I won't, I won't say what it was, but it did not work out very well for me. And my whole head just started bleeding. It was, it was oh, the God. most, it was, it was, it was a horrible, horrible experience. Cause not only then, like, you're like, oh, you got your, you know, like I was shaving in the shower and I got blood on my hand, but now it has to like scab up and you can't really shave over. It was the, there, there are a lot of bald guys, hopefully listening to this who are like, yep, that's yeah. happened to me. Yeah. So we, that's where we aim to do with our blog is just to provide different tips and tricks. Cool. Well, uh, I will put all the links in, um, you know, emails and links to your Instagram pages and, uh, LinkedIn pages. This will, um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it pushed out here, hopefully fairly soon. But uh, so excited! Thank you guys so much for joining. Um, it's been fun. Uh, there's not a lot of people ever get asked to be on a packaging podcast. <laughs> so, uh, Audrey, appreciate it. Irene, thanks so much, and um, we'll uh, we'll be in touch.